It, and this was in a Killwinds. Woo woo, Killwinds. <laughs> Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Great ice cream, though. Man. Oh, good night. Let's have a moment of silence yep. for Killwinds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank, thank you. you, Lord. Hey, guys. Welcome to podcast number eight. We're at number eight. We're two away from 10, which means double digits. By that time, we want 200,000 subscribers. That's right. It's your job. It's your job. It's your turn. You need to spread the gospel of the self-evident ministry. Yes. Yes. Yes, Self-evident podcast. You know what that does for us, Mike? What does it do for us, Massey? It makes us a little selfish, and we need some donations to keep this thing running, man. Yeah. So we're we'll gonna, talk about that later, though, right? We're going to start going door-to-door. We're going to wear ties, uh, white dress shirts, and we're going to tell you about the good news of self-evident. That's right. <laughs> you know, it's got its own doctrine. <laughs> I mean, we preach some good things. Yeah, once in a yeah, while. Once in a while. We preach a little <laughs> truth. You know what I mean? Well, we'll talk about that a little bit later, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, guess what? It's number eight. It's number eight, man. We're month two. We officially yeah, have month two in the right. books, man. That's crazy. Two months. Two months in. And uh, guys, we're putting out a lot of highlight videos now. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and so last week, we had a lot of different topics that we were covering. You know, we, uh, There was a point there where I got really, really passionate, and I yeah. really questioned if we should release that. You remember? Yeah, we and talked about it. Yeah, it was like I talked to my wife about it. I was on the drive home. I'm like weeping in my car like, man, I shouldn't have done that. And uh, we kept it, but then also too, it's like we were talking about what was wrong with, you know, Judge Kavanaugh, not in his character per se, but we talked about the constitutionality of what he's done, yeah. right? And I think it's funny because, like, you know, how the Bible says we all reap what we sow, right? For he that it sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. You know, yeah. isn't it funny that the dude voted and like helped write the Patriot Act, where now you're guilty till proven innocent? Look what just, I'm just Whoa. saying, look what happened, right? Wow, that's a good point. I'm just saying, I, you know, God is crazy good, yeah. like at what we do. And it's, it, it, I'm not blaming him. I do think that there's this gap of constitutionality in things, right? Obviously with President Trump and all these things, President Obama, President Bush, you know what I mean? No person in their right mind could say the Patriot Act helped the Constitution. It yeah. destroyed it because it only empowered government and limited the people. That is not what the Constitution is for, right? The Declaration's pretty clear. So is the Bill of Rights and the Constitution yeah. all restrain the federal government and leave the, the, the rights of man into the hands of God and state governments, making sure that we're protected, you know? So yeah. um, we talked about a lot of that stuff. We talked a little bit about Antifa. 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 I don't know. Yeah. Let's just call him Antifa. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'll tell you what. If anybody, like I said this on the last podcast too, man, if you can justify hatred, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. On, and, any, on any level. And Antifa, they're going to be in the news more and more. Of course. Um, just keep watching because they're going to come out bigger and stronger because they're becoming more empowered and they're getting more vicious. And now you've got on the other side, you've got like the Proud Boys and that kind of thing yep. that just aren't taking their crap anymore. That's right. The, and they're ready to stand and fight. They're ready to punch back. That's right. Um, and you saw a couple of incidences over the... Incidents? Incidences? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that word is. It's okay. I've slept like five hours in the past hey, two man. weeks. So, um, so did I. <laughs> I got to do a men's conference in the morning or something. Sleep deprivation for the all week. that jazz. Yeah, all that jazz. Um, there was something that happened in New York where you know Antifa threw a bottle at a group of Proud Boys leaving a rally, and then the Proud Boys charged and started punching and kicking. Yeah, it's 
going to get worse. And I really want people to think about what does Antifa represent in America and Europe? Like what, what part of our society does it represent? Right. And, and why is it getting right. more popular? Right. Mm. I think what scares me too is like hatred is hatred. Yeah. Take race out of it. Take politics out of it for a minute, right? Let's just go with my example. What was the difference in whites discriminating against blacks in the South and doing it physically? No. And the cops stick, sticking dogs on black people for protesting in the streets, right? Yeah. What's the difference in them unleashing their hatred against a color and the same thing that Antifa is doing, releasing hatred to the people? You saw the video last week. We weren't. Matter of fact, we left the swear words in it. I, yeah. I, I didn't want to do that. But Carrie said, I think it brings the effect. I think we had to. I, I, I don't want to censor that stuff because that's real life. It is real life. Yeah. And you know what? You could hear the, the vitriol that comes out of these people's mouths yeah. just because the driver was from North Carolina. The guy automatically called him KKK. I mean, yeah. that's hatred, dude. You, yeah. You're putting labels on people. And I think, again, and I say this a lot when I speak, I'm not a Mexican-American. I'm an American. Yeah. I'm so sick of the labels. And I think the more that we label people, we compartmentalize. If we compartmentalize, it's easier to discriminate or label discrimination. But if we were all Americans, it would make more sense, right? We, we're in this fight together. There's hatred that exists. So overcome evil with good. Don't overcome evil with a label yeah. or more hatred or more wrong, Right. And, and so it's, we're going to talk about a lot of different things today, but I kind of want to go with the scripture real fast because, hey, Why I'm not? a preacher, That's right? What we're here for. If you think about it in Philippians 4, 8, it says, finally, brethren, brothers, sisters, finally, he says, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure. Look at those terms, honest, just, true, pure, sure. whatsoever things are lovely. Yeah. Whatsoever things are of good report, right? If there be any virtue or any praise, think on those things. Think on those things, right? And today we see in the media that there's a lot of negativity. And as a matter of fact, you kind of challenged me on this. Like sometimes in these podcasts, we're kind of going where we point out a lot of the ills. And I want to talk about what's going on good in the world. I want to talk about, okay, there is a failing education system with our kids. There is a, a, a flailing you know, hatred in the streets. We see that, right? But what's the good that's happening, right? And you can kind of elaborate on that. And we talked about that because, you know, before we had started the podcast for tonight, you know, one of the things that I had mentioned to you guys was the idea that we don't get to see the goodness happen. Uh, Too often when you see things in the news, you see the bad stuff, you see the pastors caught in infidelity, or you you see the Christians who, you know, were... Agreed. Just wrong in what they were doing. That kind of thing. Very rare do you get to see a news story about the woman who's helping out at the hospital day in, day out. That's right. Or the people who volunteer all their time with the homeless. Or the missionaries that spend 20 years in a third world country living in a shack, giving medical care, education, um, and, and spiritual guidance to a small tribe out in the middle of nowhere. Right. So you have these daily heroes that happen every day, millions of them, but we never hear about them. We never really discuss or lift them up. And we tend to forget that that's what Christianity can do for the world. That's exactly right. And we tend to forget that Christianity is doing that for the world. You look at, you know, now neither of us are Catholic, but 
you look at the Catholic Church and what the Catholic Church has done over the centuries, it has done untold amounts it's, of good. It's unbelievable that you're saying that. Yeah, totally, totally unbelievable. And I think that uh, that should be known, that the Catholic Church overall has done a lot. Yeah. I mean, introducing the Bible now, has it done corruption? Of course, but name a thing. Like, okay, let's, let's talk about this. Most politics today, either side, wants government to control things. Yeah. Government regulation out. Not, I'm not saying the patriot. The patriot wants government out of your business, right? But even something like the Democrats or the left or whatever you want to call them, right? The liberal side or the conservative Republican, whatever side, right? They always want something to get fixed. Yeah. And they always depend on government to get it fixed. That's why they're so big on like, hey, Trump got elected or man, we need to elect Hillary or man, if Kavanaugh doesn't get in there, oh my gosh, we're going to kill more babies, even though they're dying at the rate <laughs> of 3,300 a day, right? So yeah. it's like that what, what happens is we depend on a system to be good. And I believe that there are good people in government. That's the truth. But the government is not benevolent. Yeah. We as the people are benevolent, right? But it's the same thing in church. The church itself, the way God created it, the way Jesus intended us to be. Matter of fact, it says in Peter, 1 Peter 2.15, so is the will of God that with good works, you put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, right? So those that have a word against us by doing good, right? We put to silence those that are against us or Amen. ignorance, right? Yeah. So what happens is though in these same systems like America, you know what? Guess what? The land of freedom, the land of milk and honey, we called it that, right? There's some bad people. You know, on these ships that came and the the pilgrims and, you know, uh, Columbus and all these things, there were some bad apples, man. You can't deny that, right? Uh, what about during uh, uh, the Plymouth Rock and, you know, the, the Virginia Charters, all these things, those people that came over, don't you think that there were some bad people on those ships? And here's the problem. You know what we do? We take the bad and say, see, we're not going to do that anymore. Yeah. We're not going to believe that anymore. See, we don't Christianity because people do stupid things there. Or America, it's so bad now because they were all slave owners, which is not true, right? But they were all slave owners. And man, you know what? That's why we hate America. Man, imagine, do you ever tell a lie? Yeah. Should I never talk to you then? Should I treat <laughs> you like a second-class citizen and say I shouldn't believe a thing you say anymore? No, right? And we do this extremism yeah. a lot, right? Yeah. We do this extremism. I believe that's good in morality's sake, in a sense, where it's like, okay, if God told me to love one another, that means love one another. Yeah. Right? And and we should strive for good. Absolutely. We should strive for good. We should strive for the moral moral epitome, if you want to talk. But we, we're never going to get there. That's why Christ died on the cross. That's exactly right. Because we can't get there. So we have that gift of Christ. Because we cannot lead a perfect life. Nobody can. So we can't look at everybody else and go, well, you didn't lead a perfect life, therefore you have nothing valuable to give Isn't me. Isn't that ridiculous? Right? So you look at the founding fathers, you look at the founding of the nation, and people, oh, well, this nation was founded on slavery and all on racism on all of this. Now, I could argue those points and say, look, it wasn't, right? These things existed, and like we've talked about before, what are you going to say of us today? Our nation was built on abortion, right? What are they going to think 50 to 100 years exactly from now? Exactly. You know, um, but I don't want to go that route right now. I want to go the opposite. I, I really, the, really do. Great things that our nation, our, our church have done yeah. for the world. Our nation has been the number one, far and away, number one nation of giving aid and money and resources and, and helping others 
in the world. Yeah, and there's a statistic actually that just happened. You know, the the Houston Hurricanes. They said it was over ninety percent of the groups that came out were Christian groups Amen. that came out and helped. And that usually happens, right? Aside yeah. from like the FEMAs and yeah. and all that other stuff. And I'm not saying other groups don't help, but I'm saying for the majority's sake, right? It's usually Christian or churches, right? Uh, when the hurricane happened here, just in Florida, and guys, please, please. Um, if you guys have any like aid or help uh, yeah. up in northern Florida here that happened on the on the panhandle there, the peninsula, please please help. We'll put some websites and some links that you guys can yeah, send stuff to. Um, but right away, as soon as the hurricane was happening, my youth pastor, my uh, my dear friend, I'm the, I'm the young adults leader here at the church, but the youth pastor was like, man, I wish we could go up there, but we couldn't because there was so much going on. And it's like he goes, man, we want to go up there. Why was that our first reaction? Yeah. Right? To run into it. To run of into the away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where I think if we could turn our hearts there instead of like, okay, if we see wrong, if we if we have empathy all the time, which is hard to do, right? Especially when someone cuts you off on the street. <laughs> right? Because our anger gets the best of us, doesn't it? Yeah. Right? But what if that person is dealing with a suicidal thought? I'm not saying they all do. I'm saying what if? Yeah. And what if our actions of being good and moral would help turn that person? We can't negate, dude, that a good, kind word. What is it in Proverbs, I believe it is, or Psalms? It's in Proverbs, I believe, or Ecclesiastes, one of the two. It says that a good word from afar is like cold water to a thirsty soul. Right? Yeah. Why, why, why do we resort to the negative? But man, when we see destruction, we want to go help it. But what if that person is destroyed internally? Because we can't see it. We think they're doing it against us. Yeah. And I'm not saying there's not it's, jerks out there, okay? But, <laughs> But the good, white, let's practice the good now, yeah. you know? And a lot of times we see, we see that event in a completely independent context. So the person who's driving, we haven't seen their whole day. You know, we haven't seen what they've gone through. Right. Or I worked customer service for a lot. Hello. A lot of years. Hello. Thank you, Jesus. Here we go. Yeah. yeah. And... <laughs> hey, props to all of you that work in customer uh, service, dude, man. If, I worked it too. Man. If, Gosh, God bless you. If you guys you. work customer service, our prayers for you because it can be You're a special thing. kind of... God bless you. I hope yeah. there's a bigger mansion for you in heaven. I'm not Amen lying. to that. Wow. Because it's it's service and... Waiters, waitresses only. A lot of time at service without any thanks. Um, but there, one girl that I worked with, um, she had a customer who was just awful to her. It, and this was in a Killwinds. Woo-woo, Killwinds. <laughs> Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Great ice cream, though. Man, oh, good night. Let's have a moment of silence yeah, for Killwinds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, thank, thank you. you, Lord. <laughs> so this girl had a customer who came in, and he he didn't speak great English. Sure. And so she was doing her best, and all he was, like, pointing at ice creams that he wants, so she would try that, and he would get all mad and flustered and, and was like yelling at her and all of this. And he walks away and another employee watched the whole thing happen. And she had handled it completely cool, completely calm, very nice through the whole thing. And the other employee asked her like, how can you do that? She said, well, I only had to deal with him for a couple of minutes. He has to deal with himself for the rest of his life. Wow. And it's like, Wow. That's so true. Re- reproved to us, right? Yeah. Dang. And, and wow. if you think about it a little bit deeper, not only does he have to live with himself for the rest of his life, what is going on in his life that makes him angry, that angry and short and yeah. bitter? Yeah. And when we have something happen to us, say, on the street and somebody cuts us off, we never think about what happened in their life earlier today that has brought them to this point. Did their wife leave them? Did they lose a kid? 
You know, did they lose their job? Like, it may have been something big. Now, it may not. Some people are just yeah. jerks. But a lot of times they're jerks because of a lot of bad things that have happened exactly. in their life. Exactly. And I kind of want to add to that, like, as a Christian, right, we handle tribulations differently. Where we're yeah. supposed to, right? Even in Romans 5, I was just thinking about it because I was reading about it yesterday. I was reading a lot about tribulations and trials and things like that and, like, what we yeah. experience in the Christian walk. And uh, it says uh, in uh, Romans chapter five, verse two, it says, by whom we also have access by faith into the grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope and glory of God. Listen to this, though. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Yeah. We, we have joy in tribulation. <laughs> Most people react in anger. Yeah. Because all the, the hell that's happening in their life. And I mean hell in a literal, in a literal sense. Knowing that tribulation works patience. What? Tribulation works anger in the world, but in the Christian, it works patience. Yeah. Right? It says this in patience, experience, and experience hope. Hope in what? It says, hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So when you have love shed abroad in your heart, you look at tribulations and trials, persecutions, not as you do, but as the Lord sees them because they hate Him. Right? So, like, a uh, person came into my office today, we were talking about. She's one of our office staff here at the church, and she said to me, you have to remember, Massey, everything, anger, malice, all that stuff is spiritual, has nothing to do with the physical. They're just reacting in the spiritual world in the physical. They're reacting to that, yeah. right? Because they're under that spirit. They're under darkness. You have to be careful how you react as a Christian because your witness is on the line. We don't take that enough, I think, for credit. That if, I bet if when I read all these things of what Christians have done over the years until now, dude, it's going to change your heart, right? But our witness hangs on what we do to other people, no. isn't it? Uh, uh, this, this you, by this you shall know, people shall know that you're my children for the love that you have for one another, Christ said. Yeah. By this they'll know that you're my kids when you love one another. Not backbite one another, not nitpick one another, not leave a church because you don't like the mustache. <laughs> But you love one another, seriously, right? Yeah. Now, I'm not saying if you leave church, it's bad, because sometimes there's uh, 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 heresy issues and all these things. I'm not saying that, right? What I'm saying is, is if you, you still should walk away from that place loving your neighbor as yourself, at least telling them the truth, but having the right heart in it, yeah. right? I want to read a couple things. Or are you going to go on with something? No, go for it. Right? I'm going to read a couple things. No single group in human history has contributed more to the education system than Christians. God told me as a parent... Train up your child the way he should go. When he's old, he won't depart from it. You guys ever watch Little House on the Prairie? I've used this, I think, analogy before. Sometimes using it when I preach. I'll get you the seasons, man. They're amazing. <laughs> right? Seriously. I used to think there were chick flicks. There's a guy named Jonathan behind the camera. I used to think there were chick flicks, bro. And then Carrie ordered them for me. And I was like, oh, that's so amazing. Like, it's a perfect family, right? Every situation. I mean, dude, they can go through bubonic plague and somehow God intervenes. <laughs> it's amazing, right? But it's a good family. It was in the 70s and in, in the early 80s, right? And if you remember, what was the center building in those cities, mm -hmm. right? That housed everything. That the church was the center building. Yeah. Matter of fact, most of the business is centered around the church, right? When when the women's leagues had to meet, they met at the church. When the church school met, they met at the church. The kids yeah. went to the church to meet at the school. It was called the schoolhouse. If, if, yeah. If you look at at the layout of old cities, that's how it always was. The church tended to be on a hill, right? They'd find a high spot and they put the church, and then you'd 
tend to have the street that leads up to it and shops and houses and stuff go down that street. That's right. Why? Like you said, because everybody meets there. That's where you had your education. That's where you had your medical care. That's, That's right. Where when, you had when, there was your, a, when there was a plague, yeah. they met at the church for the hospital. Yeah. You had your city government, city council meetings at the church. You had your your uh, militia meetings sometimes at the church. That's right. Like, that was the center of community, and we've lost that. And if we get in education tonight, we'll talk about what we will. People want to replace the church with. Yeah, yeah, and but, I think it's good because also too, if you think about it, where, where the 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 women's leagues, men's leagues, all these things that met there, you were you were in a church. Yeah. You think you're going to start slandering and lying and stuff like that if you really have the Lord as yeah. your center point? Even the roughest people. Absolutely. There's a they, respect they factor. They took their hats off, right? There exactly. There's some type of respect. There's to something it. to it. Yeah. The, where, you know, I, I've seen a lot of people, like when I get around people and I say I'm a preacher, when they cuss, you know, they're like, oh man, I'm sorry, yeah. bro. Like there's a respect. Yeah. Again, they may not serve God, but they respect the name of the Lord, right? So no single group in human history has contributed more to education than Christians have. No group in human history has contributed more to the health care than Christians have. You know why? Guys, have you ever thought about this, Jonathan, honey? Uh, uh, my honey's back there. Honey, Mike, I was talking to Mike. <laughs> call him my, bro, sorry about that. Dog, uh, it's all he, good. He's right here. Awkward. Yeah, awkward, yeah. <laughs> no, we're <laughs> men. <laughs> no homo, right? Um, was I supposed to say that on camera? I don't know. <laughs> you just said you it. You must said it, it yeah. Counts. But if you think about it, right, like most of these hospitals in the early days, what, what is it, St. Jude's, St. John's, St. Ben's, yeah. uh, uh, Cedar sinai Hospital. When I was in New Jersey, bro, I was driving down 95, and there was a hospital right off to the side, so it was called Christ's Hospital. I, I don't think a government named that one, right? And especially in the climate we have yeah. today. So the church was intricately involved. As a matter of fact, Ron Paul um, said that when he worked for, it was a Catholic hospital, I believe. I so he was so. getting paid like $2 and something cents an hour. They never turned away people for health care, right? Yeah. Because the church took care of those bills. Yeah. We Here at the church, we have something called pastoral care. When people come in and they need help, right, for their bills and stuff like that, we help them out. We're yeah. benevolent like that, right? We provide for people because we are the church. It's what tithes are supposed to be collected for. Sorry, folks, not for bigger buildings. And I think... I think people need to remember that, both believers and non-believers, that the church is really, really, really involved as a whole in doing things for people and helping people out. That's right. The Catholic Church was who created the idea of the hospital. That's right. They, they wanted a single place for to bring the sick and those who are ill yep. and those who needed medical care. Yep. They were the ones that really fashioned this idea of having a hospital. Okay, and so... When we look at the church and we look at, at what the church has done for society and culture throughout the world, we can't deny that they've started orphanages. We're going to get to that. Yeah, tons started, of stuff. Yeah. started hospitals. They've started schools. They've started... And it's awesome. Like, all of these different things to help society. Yep. And these are the people that are going to give up everything in order to help. Yeah, I worked for a school last year. Not one of those teachers was there for the paycheck. I can promise you that, y'all. <laughs> they weren't there for the yeah. paycheck. Because if you were, you're stupid. You're broke. <laughs> stupid. No, and, broke. and you know, I, again, I, I gotta say this, man. It's like, again, church. I'm not saying that wanting bigger buildings is bad, but why don't why not focus on the people? God will bring you the building. No. Don't focus on the building. No. Right. God, focus on the people. Focus on the things that Christ told you to focus on. Preaching the gospel, loving your neighbors, yourself. God will bring that stuff. 
put your focus right. Put your focus on the things of God, right? And I think that's where it's most important. And, you know, for, for all, see, I love being balanced because like Joel Osteen, a lot of people say heretic, all this. Okay, I agree. There's some things that I don't even like yeah. that are unscriptural. I will totally say that, right? But do you remember Houston? He was dog for not opening his church. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it drives me nuts when people, yeah. people oh, he didn't open his... You don't understand what it, happened in that situation. Exactly, dude. Like, the, wasn't it like the first several floors were flooded so yeah. they couldn't open it? He goes, I was doing it for their tried. safety. Yeah. For the people. Had he opened it, it would have hurt the people. Yeah. And, and they did... They, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you're fine. Didn't they open up another area? They did. Like they Did. went to another building and opened it up and they had all these supplies yep. and, and stuff for people. And yep. And then they gave so much money. They gave so much supplies that people came out in droves. Right. Yeah. I mean, look at Christ fellowship here. There's, there's a, it's got nine campuses or seven campuses. I think it is or something like that. Right. And they're huge. And dude, what they do for like the, 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 uh, what do you call it? Foster system. foster system. Yeah. Right. Uh, stopping human trafficking. I mean, dude, what they're doing is amazing yeah. and they're using their money for good. Right. And they're cash, they're, they're cash free. Like they don't owe anything. That's yeah. amazing because they focused on the people. Honey, can you uh, tell the story real quick of how that church started real fast? Okay. So Pastor Tom Mullins from Christ Fellowship started the church. I believe he used to be like a teacher or a coach or something. And um, he felt God. So he left that profession, yeah. felt God call him to start a church. And they were running 70 people out of their home for like seven years. And um, he was called to like the hospital or something. And back in the day when you went to a hospital for a pastoral visit, you had to dress in a nice suit to go pray for somebody or pray for a family member. And, but his car was broken Broke, because, yeah. you know, they didn't have money because they were in ministry running 70 people. And so they didn't have any money. And so he had to borrow an old truck and the old truck had like the floorboards were missing cause it was metal and it was all rusted out. And, um, he ran, it was raining and he drove over, drove over a puddle and it all splashed up on him. And he said that was like the breaking point. And he basically told the Lord, Lord, I will do what you've called me to do. If I have to run 70 people for the rest of my life, I will do what you've called me to do. And it was shortly after that, that like the Lord just broke open the doors and now they have like nine campuses. And I think they're like the ninth, ninth largest church in America. And so like God's really moving through his testimony that's, and through what he right. did. Yeah. And, and not to say that you know, they they hit a specific niche. I believe they 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 bring in like new Christians and they yeah. have the way of preaching the gospel. Yep. Other churches, I believe, like this church that we're at, um, other places, they're more theologically based and they hit really deep issues. Um, what they're doing is a little different, but dude, I can't knock what they're doing. No. Right. So let's be fair. Right. A lot of the churches that we may even think that are heretics, you know, heretical. Right. The, the more prosperity minded, pro pro progressive one. type yeah. churches, I guess. Truth. I, I don't agree with them scripturally on a lot of things, right? But to take the commandments of Christ seriously, where you're the one that's supposed to provide for the poor and all these things, thank God they're doing it. Yeah. We could do way more if the government wasn't involved in it, right? Yeah. But we're still doing it. Yeah. You know, we're still doing it. Give me my tax money back. You see what I do with it, man, and, right? And that's one of the issues that yeah. comes up is the more the government takes control of these things, the less the church has the ability to do what it needs to do. And people look at the government and say, oh, well, they're doing it, so I don't need to. That's right. That's that's why we've dropped off in our welfare giving and, and our helping of the poor and helping of the homeless is because and two, everybody says, well, the government will do it. Yeah, and know. then, too, the government restraining giving. So, like, yeah. you can only give so much because of the tax write-off and all this other... So there was a, go, go a story for do that. It, do it. A story for do that. I, I think this was in Kansas City. 
Um, and if I can find the link to the story, I'll post it in the description. Um, so remind me to look that up. But there was a like a barbecue joint that wanted to donate a bunch of food to like a homeless shelter. And they came with an insane amount of meat, brought it to the homeless shelter. Well, the government came through and said, oh, well, this food is can't be given to them because of health code. So you have to throw it all away. Wow. It was like 10,000 pounds of food or something. Wow. Just insane amount of food. So here we have a group that wants to give food to help out those in need. And we have a government entity that comes in between them and says, no, because of a regulation, you can't do this. You can't help. Even though the homeless people have can voluntarily accept or reject the food, and the people giving it can do their best to make sure that it's okay, right? And you've got the government that's getting in the way in between, say, Catholic adoption agencies and families. And they're telling the Catholic adoption agencies, oh, well, because you have this this um, moral dogma, basically. dogma against adopting two gay couples, you're not allowed to adopt kids to any families anymore. So now you... It, and there are actual Catholic adoption agencies that have stopped doing it because they don't want to deal with this. Well, great, great. You've just screwed thousands of kids out of having loving homes because you don't like the the moral rule that this group has. But who gave them the moral rule? What, what authority? Do, that's what I'm. That's, what's, yeah. that's this is what becomes very frustrating. Like when I hear those stories, especially, it's like. Where did you come up with the fact that you could tell a Catholic chair, you know, a Catholic ad- adoption agency that in the first place? Who are you to say that to them? Yeah. You know what I mean? I, w- I was sitting yeah. with someone earlier today and, and she had said, you know, maybe we should just all pack up and move to Canada. It seems like a utopia. I'm like, sweetheart, <sighs> do you know what happens when you're a homeschooler and, and you start talking about Christian values and against homosexuality? You can be jailed. You're jailed. Yeah. yeah. Take away your kids. No. Right. Because you're not fit to lead. She goes, What? Yeah. How come people talk about Canada's a utopia? I'm like, who the heck are you getting your information from? Yeah, people who don't like Trump. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> Those yeah, are the yeah. only ones who think it's truth, utopia. Truth, I mean, dude, but, even Jordan Peterson talking yeah. about the, the transgender laws and you better call them by their gender pronouns or it's illegal. There's a consequence. It's like, what? Yeah. See, with all of its crap, with all of its flaws, America still is the greatest system in history. I agree. Because it's the only one that guarantees you God-given rights to be free. That's why the Bible and stuff makes sense. The government wasn't supposed to get involved in your life the way that it is. It was to let you be free to worship your Christ the way he told you to do it, which is to go feed the poor, preach yeah. the gospel, help the needy, uh, heal Take the sick. Take care of the raise, orphans. That's right. Cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, right? Uh, visit the fatherless and the sick. Keep yourself unspotted from the world. That was the duty of us to worship God in my conscience. You cannot touch it. Mm-hmm. You know? And in this nation, we still have so much freedom. And the fact that, oh, gosh, that yeah. people can kneel and protest the anthem, people can outright speak against the country, people can trash our own president. Without fear of repercussion. Now, Trump may come after you on his Twitter, but... You ain't going to get jailed he, for it. You ain't getting jailed. And despite what people say... He, and we're not, we're he, not for that. He has supported 
freedom, freedom of journalism more than Obama. Obama was going after newspapers and journalists. He went after the AP, right? That's right. Remember that? I remember. He went after the yep. AP. They were the FBI investigations and that kind of thing. So, but thank you for bringing you, that up. You go into China because we're equal opportunity hating. Yes, we are against government. <laughs> and, I mean, but I'm talking about I'm for a good government, right? But we're yeah. equal opportunity on spiking the ball against government. Yep. When it goes away. Yeah. So there's a story that actually just came out. There was a YouTuber in China who she made fun of the national anthem or whatever. Jailed. Jeez. Jailed. China Jeez. actually has a social credit system where based on who you are, what you do, what you say, your uh, social media footprint, what you do in interactions, it's all given into a social score, social credit score. Just like you're, you have a credit score for finances, they have social credit scores. And if your score is too low, you might be forbidden to get on a plane. My you might goodness. be forbidden from traveling. My goodness. Now, look at America. Uh, it's not too far behind that, I mean, in a sense. Uh, unfortunately, but I still love the freedom of it because absolutely. we have celebrities who can get on TV and trash our president. Now, do I agree with it? No. But they have the freedom. But I am so glad they have the freedom and that they're not going to get jailed. That's right. They're not going to get punished by a government because they said the wrong thing about it. Bingo, dude. So this is the difference between what we're talking about and being outright rude, mm -hmm. Right. The difference is I'm willing to stand for the freedom of speech the way it was intentionally written, right? That we would not slander our neighbor, all these things. It's not illegal to slander your neighbor. It's morally wrong to do that, yes. right? Whereas the liberals or whatever want to just say what they want to say, and their thing is, but I got freedom of speech, mm, and that's why, right? And they want to make sure the government protects that, right? But not protect the unborn. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, there's a difference here, right? And I think, too, that... As, as I continue to talk about this stuff, right, and the Chinas and all these things, why wouldn't you want to fight for America? No kidding. The fact that you're standing up saying that America's corrupt without repercussion should all the more make you want to fight for it. Yeah. Because you nowhere still have else, that That's exactly it. There's nowhere else that you can do that. Yeah. Speak against a czar or a king or a, a dictator. Done. Done. It's been proven. And the beauty of it, what did we do with the Declaration of Independence? We told the king, you ain't God, done. Bro. Yeah. You're not God. You think you are. You have gone against the social con contract. We're done. Dude. So why up. do you think we put freedom of speech in the First Amendment? So that we could call out the evils of society. And... So we could speak against our government. That's exactly because right. Because that's exactly what they did. They wanted the ability to speak against their government. So why wouldn't they put it in the First Amendment, say, we want freedom of speech for all of you. That's right. To be able to speak against the government. Bingo. So what happens is now I'll, I'll hear the Christian side of things say, so you're for people just slandering? No. I'm for the church, me, to preach the gospel so that they don't yeah. slander people. So in their hearts, they're already regulated. I don't need a government to do that. So back in the days, John Adams, right? He signed something called the Sedition Act, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going to kind of butcher it, but I'm going to try to do my best to, to get it through. Basically, he was against people slamming the government. It was so new, so fresh. He was like, okay, we're already having sedition in the streets, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, we need to punish that. Jefferson came against him. And I agree with Jefferson, yeah. even though I like John Adams. 
the best. I'm starting more to turn into Jeffersonian. I come against, yeah. I'm more of a Lockean in theory, right? I believe in true freedom, right? Governments are only needed to, uh, they're instituted among men to do what? Protect our God-given rights. That's it, yep. right? So I'm more Lockean in that theory, right? But he was right. Jefferson was right. You, if you silence the people, what's the difference between you and a king? Yeah. What's the difference? This is why, again, like we don't have a king in this country, man. I'll go back to this. Adam, it was said that Adam said this too, but there was a phrase at the founding. It said that no king, but King Jesus, no king, but King Jesus. If he's your king, you'll learn to shut your mouth and not slander your neighbor, Mm -hmm. but you'll only heap praises on them, right? You'll encourage the brethren. You'll strengthen the brethren with your words, right? That's the purpose and duty of, of the love of Christ, right? Whether they like him, whether they serve him, whether they hate Christ, your duty is to still love your enemy. Yeah. Your friend, your neighbor, your brother. That's the duty of the church, right? I want to continue with something here, too. Yeah. No other group in human history has fought the slave trade more than Christians have. Ever heard of William Wilberforce? <laughs> what was it, 44 years? Mm-hmm. Saw, what did he, what, a couple days before he passed away? Yeah. The slave trade was abolished in, in, in Europe? So those who don't know, William Wilberforce in Britain was... Was he part of the House of Commons or House of Lords? I don't remember. House of Commons. Um, so he... Him and Pitt. What was it? Every day he brought up a vote to or abolish Penn. the slave trade? Yep. Every day for 44 years. And they laughed at him because slavery was a huge economic force for Britain. And every day he would stand up and try to put and a fight vote for, it, for, yeah. for the abolishing of the slave trade. And a couple of days before he died, the slave trade was abolished. 40 years. 40 years. Could you imagine standing up in front of a bunch of people who are going to laugh at you every day and saying, I believe in this? Do you know why? I'm going to try not to cry. (laughs) Do you know why? Do you know why I get so passionate? Because there's no cause, it's a lost cause. It's in the Lord. Mm. 40 years, dude. 40 years, and he saw it. Just people are like, that's too far gone. We can't do it. Of course not, if you don't try, if you don't stand. 40 years of his life dedicated. I think he developed, uh, what was that stomach disease? Uh, colitis. Something he like he that, developed yeah. colitis where he couldn't even stand. His stomach was so messed up. I believe it's from all the stress, yeah. right? He couldn't even stand anymore, dude. And 40-something years later, he saw it with his eyes. He saw the victory with his eyes. Guaranteed he had a very peaceful death. Oh, my gosh, but his life was hell. That's what I said last week. It may cost us something, yeah. dude. It may cost, you know, you said that there's missionaries going around every day for 20 years. How many martyrs have died for the cause of Jesus? How many martyrs have died opening orphanages in places where they didn't want them because they didn't want any kind of religion and they died? We don't even know them. We don't even know them, right? We'll herald the men who have done great things. And I want to talk about these men, the Martin Luther Kings and all that stuff, right? It may cost us something, but start. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? I thought about that with my kids, man. What does it profit me if I gain the whole world and I lose my kids? Because I didn't raise them right. I didn't care about them. I didn't teach them the ways of the Lord. 
right? Mm-hmm. What does it profit? So people say, aren't you fighting a lost cause? Probably. Probably. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Abraham never saw the promise with his eyes, but he was promised. Moses never got to walk into the promised land. But he saw it. But he saw it. And Jeremiah. He was, I bet he, he laid in peace saying, I led, them, I led them the best I could, Lord. I yeah. led them in the direction you wanted me to lead them, Lord. Yeah. It wasn't easy. It wasn't right. It wasn't good. I heard murmurings and complainings. I probably cussed a few times, right? But he did it. Yeah. The founders, they pledged their lives, fortunes, and sacred honor, and they won, dude. You want to know why I get passion? Because of that. Who am I to say that I can't have that same passion and same drive to fight? I get, I get tired of it, man, when people say you shouldn't, you shouldn't worry so much. You know why I worry? Because you don't. How can I sit here in a nice office, dude, with these stupid headphones on, doing a podcast when people are dying in the streets? How, can, how dare I, man? How many kids don't even sleep in a bed tonight because they're in a foster system because their parents are druggies? And they'll never experience love, some of them, in their life. Or when this podcast is finished, guess what? Another kid kills himself. You know why I get passion? Because of that. We need to fight for them. Those who don't have a voice. 3,300 babies die today. Does anyone else feel that pain? Because I do. Am I wrong? No. But that's why we do the podcast, right? Think about it. It is why we do it. it. That's exactly why we do it. Because if we can encourage one person to go out and adopt a kid, we can encourage one person to go and start a drug treatment center, encourage one person to give $5 to a homeless shelter, then we're doing what we need to do. Are we doing all we need to do? No, but we're starting. We're starting, dude. You know what we should do? At, in the description of this YouTube link, we should put every place we, you, you can donate to foreign missions. Yeah, you can donate do to, I mean, we, again, there's so many places I think we can give to here. We give to something called Good Samaritan here in town. Um, here, let's go with another. Do you know the Salvation Army was started by Christians? Mm-hmm. William Booth. Yeah. That was a, it's a Christian a cool guy. organization. Did you know that they would go out and street preach and women would get raped for preaching, man? Raped, dude. Raped. Knowing what was going to happen. Still did it. Still went. I think I have to get used to the fact that sometimes, man, my love is passion too. Right? Yeah. I want to love people. If this inspires someone by the Spirit of God to go out and do something, praise God. It may only inspire one or two. And some people might think I'm crazy. That kid is always yelling. That's fine. That's fine, but that's okay. I think one of the advantages of the passion that you hold is it can wake people up. So a lot of people get stuck in this routine, right? And they wake up, they go through the drudge, and then they go to bed. And they tend to leave the extremes of emotion, right? Because so often we're told, be calm, be patient, be be narrow on this emotion band. Sometimes you need somebody 
who's willing to yell and who has enough emotion to shed a tear about things that he's passionate about to wake them up and make them realize, look, there is a beauty in having passion about something. And I think people need to hear that. And I think think that's why last podcast was so important um, because people need to, to have somebody bear their heart out about how passionate they are about this. And yeah, it it frustrates me if if people take it as like, Oh, he's just angry. And there's, there's, there's always that. There's always that select few that's going to do that. And and more so they do that just because they don't like the message. Or they don't carry the same passion. Or right? they don't carry the passion. Um, here, let's let's continue with this because I want to continue on the fact that, yeah, there is a lot going wrong, but that's why we fight. Yeah. That's why we're doing this. That's why Jonathan's up here, <laughs> table, man, yeah. volunteering his time, man. I mean, he, 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 that's a prime example. Totally started getting into the conservative movement, understanding, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. starts hearing the God side of things. Kind of had the knowledge of it, if I'm not mistaken, but it was like you start hearing it when you're like, man... You know, this will work. <laughs> if, yeah. we, if we can preach the gospel and really get people saved, right, then the republic makes sense. Yeah. And there's hope. I, I have so much hope, man. You know, I get passionate, right, because there's so much evil. But the fact that I'm passionate shows me there's hope. Because yep. if I didn't have hope, I wouldn't care. You know what I mean? Anyways, let's go on. Uh, did you know the church is the single largest provider of health care and education in the world, working especially in some of the poorest countries where there is no other care available? Uh, the, the Catholic church is the hugest, mm-hmm. right? Adding evangelical church, schools, hospitals means there's no close second provider. Because we, we do yeah. it. I mean, we send a ton of cash, right? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, churches were the first orphanages. Yep. It's where we house a lot of the kids. Impact on civil liberties. Just check this out. The Magna Carta. The Magna Carta, right? It's considered one of the most important documents in human history. Vitally important as the early foundation of law uh, written in Western society is considered the founding document of English liberties and hence the American liberties. The influence of the Magna Carta can be seen in the United States Constitution, the Bill of Rights. Lord Denning described it as the greatest constitutional document of all times. But Christianity had, God had a hand in that, right? Uh, Impact, another impact on civil liberties, Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., Reverend. We always forget that, don't yeah. we? Rev. Rev. Rev, dude. As in a pastor. He was a preacher. He was definitely a minister. Yeah. A man of great courage and faith who was at the center of the civil rights movement. He continued despite the attempts on his life, including a firebomb attack on his family home. He knew he would die. Mm-hmm. He knew it, but he stood, right? And because of that, dude, we have a system of, of, of freedom for, for, for a certain particular race of people. Dude, was that wrong? Yeah. Right? Terrible. Did your battery die? She's quiched. All right, let's continue. Um, we can cut that out, right? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, Unless it makes it to the blooper page. What the heck? <laughs> oh, man. We I had half a coffee. You had sleep. half a coffee? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Jesus. Who needs sleep? Oh, yeah, what the heck? How about this? Braille. I didn't even oh, know this until I, I looked it up, one. right? A worldwide system used by blind and visually impaired people. Lewis Braille was an innovator lying on his deathbed. He said, God was pleased to hold before my eyes the dazzling splendors of eternal hope. <laughs> his system is now used on a worldwide basis. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Now, let's take it to today. I said this last week, man. There's a bunch of youth right now that are on fire for Jesus Christ. We just never yeah. hear about it, right? Yeah. So I think that they're looking at the adults for for change for leadership for guidance right and the bible even says you know that he's going to turn the hearts of the children to the fathers fathers to the children 
I really believe that'll still happen, right? I have hope because I, I really do think the youth are uh, disgruntled, mm-hmm. right? They know there's something unsettled in their heart. Even when they go do worship things and they go to these big conferences, there's still something. I mean, there's a set, like, let me, let me, I'm going to try to say this as, as cool as I can and understanding as I can. When, when you have both melded knowledge and worship, there's a power there. Yeah. Just worship on itself is like, okay, all you're doing is singing in a room. That's cool, right? But if all you have is knowledge, there's no spirit behind it, yeah. right? And so it's funny because the Revived Church, you know, mixing the Word and the Spirit together, that's kind of the mission yeah. statement. Um, I believe that is happening, right? You see a lot more kids now volunteering for causes. Yeah. A lot more, right? And you they're see, passionate about they it. They are, man. They are. You know, I, I still like to see young people hold the door open for old ladies. It still happens. Yep. I see it all the time, right? I was just meeting with a couple, man, the, the, the young man opened the door for his wife. It's still there. It still exists, right? Yep. All the stuff you hear on the media about feminism and stuff like that, okay, cool, but there's still decent kids. There's still gentlemen. There's still preachers preaching the gospel, right? We're still doing yeah. effective work out there. The, the age group coming up is actually one of the most conservative age groups in a long time, in generations. Um, I think one of the things that's happening is you're watching the death of the age of reason. So for the longest... Say that again. You're watching the death of the age of reason. Ooh, elaborate. Now, that's that's strong statement, so people can come Dude, at me Elaborate want, on it, though. I don't care. So, this is opinion-based. So for a long time, you've, you've seen this real pressure for humanism for secularism for evolution for for reason right science science is going to bring us to utopia was this whole idea we don't need god god is dead you're watching that die because it's not fulfilling people's lives people are sad and bitter and angry and searching more than ever america is a very unhappy country why we have tons of wealth and prosperity. We should be super happy unless that doesn't provide contentment. Now, something you're watching in kids coming up, you're also watching a rise in witchcraft and paganism. Mm-hmm. You, you see stuff like the Harry Potter series, which I'm, I'm not saying Harry Potter's bad. I'm just saying like yeah, there's yeah. this passion. Yes, it's for sinners. Yeah, <laughs> Ever heard of a book called Satan's Book? (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Scream. (laughs) Satan Calls. All those religions. Satan Potter. (laughs) She's like... (laughs) (laughs) My dad used to say that. Santa Claus. You just changed some lettering. It's Satan Calls. (laughs) What? Not even close. What are you talking about? Like, isn't that like a stretch? Like, that is like a fat stretch, dude. Like, yeah, that's like beyond, yeah. like beyond <laughs> you. You turn into a Lasta girl on that one. Guy, like, it's like, uh, what letters does uh, soccer start with? S. What letter does Satan start with? S. Oh, oh my gosh! All things that start with S are Satan's. That's right. My mom used to say, "You always wear black, Nico. That's Satan's <laughs> color. So the darkness." And it's like, ma. Easy girl. That's right. You, know? you couldn't go to movies either. <laughs> that right? means my natural hair color is bad, right? Yes. I mean, come on. I couldn't go to movies till I was 16, till I left the house, right? Because there was literally a demon behind every doorknob. There, there was. There was like, you know, a fork Wait, bent. Pro- so 
<laughs> hey, if they do, hey, look, I ain't mad at them, though, you know? Like, they've, they've changed a lot, right? It was very, very strict the way yeah. I grew up. But it was like, we're trying to keep you away from evil. But don't you know telling me no is going to make me want to do it? You know what I'm saying? Explain to me why these things are bad, you know what I mean? That's why the D.A.R.E. program failed. Right? Just masterfully failed. They, they they had something like three times the drug use rate who kids who were in yeah, their program was, versus yeah. those I remember that. Yeah. We used to talk about that. I, was it the more I tell a kid not to do something, the more they want to what? Dude. I, do it. Just, right? just being blunt, I won the D.A.R.E. essay in like <laughs> sixth grade. Just being blunt. <laughs> oh! <laughs> That's on the blooper reel. Oh! Just two seconds. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So, so I won the dare essay, you know, this whole essay about how I'm never going to use drugs and I'm never going to drink. Massey, you want to tell, so tell sorry. the audience about how that turned out? <laughs> Your misfortune. I just thought blunt. No. I, oh, anyways, was, I'm sorry, that, that dude. Was, that's so wrong. Isn't it was it? one of the worst Nasty puns I've mind. heard in a long time. Yeah, you were. But you were pun. into. Oh yeah, drugs. I was dealing. I was drinking a ton. Now, did Dare cause that? No, but it didn't work <laughs> because I. I think it does make kids really interested. Yeah, dude. They bring them yeah. into schools, right? They, oh they, yeah. Well, Show you not the actual it. drugs, but pictures of pictures. them, and they yeah, tell what they you know do. What I mean. Oh, this will make you, you know, this <laughs> this will make you feel really energetic, and this will make you, like, really? you know, feel confident. You mean Red Bull I doesn't want work? That. I want speed. I want cracked cocaine. Yeah. Cracked. Cracked. Cocaine. <laughs> anyways, so true. So true. Anyways. True. Sorry. Back, sorry. This back is Back to the original. Reality here. Reality here. <laughs> so We're a Christian was, program, doggone it. Yes. Come on. Watch yourself. Yeah. But we're pretty unbiased, I think. Yeah, we, we do what we I think need we, to. I think we are. Yeah. Anyways. No, I I think the beauty of it is we're not willing to... Conform to... Conform. The, and yeah, we're not back. willing to conform to any yeah. side. All right, keep going. Because there's truth in reality. Um, so I was talking about the death of Age of Reason, right? Kids are, are unfulfilled and they're seeing they're seeing reason not doing what's supposed to. Then you're watching the the growth of paganism and... It's because kids are very interested in spirituality. Right. They're right. interested in the metaphysical. Something outside of themselves. Exactly. And they're searching for it. And I think that's why this generation that we're, we're raising up is mm-hmm. so passionate and so alive with the spirit. Now, knowing that, doesn't, make, doesn't it make you want to go preach? Because let's just say they go to Satanism, right? Which is all the worship of self. Yep. Right. Wouldn't you want to teach them about a father who loves them? Amen. Regardless of what society tells you, that their identity is found in him, regardless of what society tells you, right? That even if you failed, God doesn't see that. He also sees the victory, right? Did you learn from that failure? I think those are things that need to be said, and that's important. You know what I mean? Um, I think, too, we live in such a good age where the message could get out there faster, mm-hmm. but it can't be in sound bites. It has to be the full council. Yeah. Right. So like, I even hate sound bites. I, I don't like them. Yeah. Unfortunately, our society learns that way, but you got to hook them in the door to get, at least talk to them and disciple them. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's more important than anything. And I think too, 
you know, going on the young people, like the education system, how that's changed yeah. uh, so much from early times, you know, what is it in the twenties they had the, you know, where the evolution was both, uh, was, was Supreme court, you know, uh, yeah. basically is, is it something that should be taught? Sh- should not all these things, you know, as theories, but now it's not really considered a theory, even though it's called a theory, but it's more called, it's taught more as fact, right? Yeah. Let's be honest here because theories by its oh. very definition is fairy tales. By its Give definition is a fairy it's, tale. It's, or, it's a, a thought about what could be. There you go. Right? Fairy tale. Right? Yeah. yeah. Once upon yeah. a time. Yeah. Why not? Cinderella, right? I it's, want to be in Cinderella sometimes. explanation that, that we can't fully prove. And one of the things that I, I really am troubled with yeah. about evolution is not that it's taught in schools. I really have problems with how it's taught. That's because right. unless you have a Christian science teacher, it's very rare you're going to get a science teacher who truly teaches both the evidence for and the evidence against. Because there is a ton of evidence against or evidence lacking in the topic of evolution. Right. And my wife's mom is a is a science teacher. And when she she teaches in a public school, so when she teaches evolution, guess what? She teaches both sides. Because that's what education is supposed to be about. It's not supposed to be about just cramming facts into a person's head, which we're going to get more into. Or... It's just like Christianity. I'm not supposed to shove a Bible down your throat. No. I'm supposed to use reason. Yeah. That's why they call it in schools, instead of talking about God created the world, it's called intelligent design. Yeah. Someone designed it. You know what I mean? And and there's there's plenty of evidence behind that theory, and there's plenty of thought behind right. the intelligent design theory that I, I really struggle with people who say that can't be taught in school. Well, why not? Your theory has plenty of holes, plenty of gaps. Why not give several theories that show different accounts of how this happened? Because we can't prove it. You can't show me proof. I do think, too, like the intelligent design argument really does. It's more well-rounded. I right? think so. Because it's not, just, it's not just talking about God creating the world and this guy, you know, boof, you know, there it is. It also gave us a moral conscience and a structure. Yeah. It also explained why men and women were made. It also explains why animals were made. It explains how things are in order, why God designed day and night, yeah. right? It's more well-rounded, I believe, not just saying, hey, from, four, what is it now, 20 billion years ago, you know, yeah, it rained for millions of you know. years, and then the soup burped, <laughs> and bam, you know, all of a sudden this little primordial thing <laughs> that was male somehow found a female, kaboom, right? And then here we are. Whereas God created all things, and I, I love this, man, because I've talked evolution a lot, and people ask me, where did God come from? And it's like, look, man, I don't know, right? But that's why it's called faith. God is God says, I am that I am. That's faith, right? D- homie, for you to say 20 billion years ago, or 100 billion years ago, or whatever you want to say, that it's takes faith. more faith. <laughs> And right. that, that it all happened completely by chance. Straight up. Because if you look at the odds of getting to where we are at today, astronomical. And I mean that in the literal sense, like astronomical yeah. numbers. See, they call it chance. I call it miracles. What God created and ordained was a miracle, just like the miracle of life. The, the, the odds of someone getting pregnant and how that whole system yeah. works. You can't tell me that that wasn't designed. 
Yeah. Right? The eye has over a million nerve endings. You can't tell me that that happened by sheer chance. And let me ask you this. The eyeball is a perfect example. In order for an evolutionary process, you'd have to go from a blind organism to a seeing organism. But you can't make that in one step. Mm-hmm. So you have to have development of, say, the eye socket, Just thinking. development of the eyeball, develop what? Just animals like... <laughs> well, exactly. Running, I mean, what did they do that for like thousands of years? Thousands of years, and then their eyes got developed. What suddenly an eye socket formed while they're still bumping into cave walls, (laughs) then suddenly an optic nerve. But we can't use that because there's nothing to attach to it, so still bumping into cave walls, and then suddenly rods and cones. Oh, but we don't have a hole, so (laughs) bumping into cave walls, and then suddenly we get an iris and fully functioning (laughs) muscles around it, like. It sounds absurd, Gaps. doesn't it? Yes. It sounds very absurd because you you go in all of these stages and somehow that's supposed to happen in random chance. Each one of those is a astronomical odd that it makes that next step. That's right. That's why we're we say boy it 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 sounds a lot like somebody was in charge of this. Mm-hmm. Why am I not allowed to say that? Why am I not allowed to point that out? To kids and say, look, this kind of looks like there could have been somebody in charge of this, right? And you're going to get a lot of five-year-olds that go, yeah. Not because they're stupid five-year-olds, because they see it Yeah, it takes very yeah. clearly. Even now, too, <laughs> isn't science, they're working on creating life out yeah. of a tube, yeah. right? And they're saying, oh, you know, we're, we're so close, you know, all we need is this much energy and blah, blah, blah. But wait a minute, didn't it take the people to put those stuff together, put yeah. those things together? Right. It took people to put that stuff in the tube, mm-hmm. research it, and then create all of these perfect the conditions. The perfect environment which to is, make that happen. Yeah. Intelligent design. Mm-hmm. So let's just say you do that, right? God is an unjust man. You can try to mock him all you want, dude. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Yeah. For whatsoever man sows, he'll also reap. And that's scary, man. Don't mock God. Please. Please don't. Because there's a, there's a consequence to be had for that. Yeah, and I, I fear the mocking <clears throat> of God, especially with, like, AI and, oh, and biogenetics and, and bioengineering and all that stuff. Like, we're... Yeah, we're That's even, a whole other topic. We're replacing but, emotions with robots now. Like, yeah. there's this stuff going on in Europe with, like, you know, sensual bots and stuff. Just yeah. crazy stuff. Like, you know, now we're replacing a human with a screen... Mm-hmm. to order now. So we're becoming more desensitized as a people to not care and yeah. interact with one another. Isn't that scary it, to it me? It scares the Because you can see the me. future, man. Look, I mean, just to hit on the, the education system for a minute, uh, minute, there's this old quote, Elaine de Bottom, cont- uh, contending that colleges too often emphasize accumulating information at the expense of developing wisdom. Listen to this. Uh, uh, Michael, de, uh, Michael de Montaigne of the 16th century wrote, I gladly come back to the theme of the absurdity of our education. Its end has not been to make us good and wise, but learned. Hmm. Right? Repeat that. It says, its end has not been to make us good and wise, but learned. Interesting, right? Right? So now Hmm. we're leaving colleges with learned degrees. But no morals. No morals. Dude, why do do kids go to college? Let's be real. Why are most (laughs) kids going to colleges, right? (laughs) It ain't exactly for the degree. More the absence of morals. That's right. <laughs> I'm out of the house, and I'm going to go have fun, you know, and do my thing and party. 
And then you hear about rape, you hear about murder, you hear about drinking and over binging and drug use and all these things. Come on, man. Isn't you, it isn't that funny? Like we we clamor for the freedom to do these things. We we want sexual freedom to lay with whoever we want, whenever we want, however we want. And then we get upset when things go wrong. That's right. And then we blame them for lack of consent. Exactly. Right? We blame the guy for the lack of consent when all sex is nowadays is just a, it's, it's meaningless. Yeah. And like we talked about before, if it didn't have huge power, we wouldn't care about rape. Rape, rape would be like a slap. If I slap you in the face, I'm not going to jail. Yeah. See, like rape steals a person's innocence, whether male or female Mm -hmm. steals a person's innocence. Right. Well, did you know that sex does that too before marriage? Exactly. Taking away someone's virginity is stealing their innocence. Exactly. And if we don't treat it that way, the way God designed it, man, again, I think Shapiro said it once. He said it just becomes a, a, a consensual thing, right? That we just do. We don't even regard it for what it really is. But then you're mad when someone takes that from you when all you've already done was violate it and took it from God. Yeah. You took it from his design. People take it from, you know what I mean? I'm not excusing rape. Again, I'll say it again. I'm very hard. On the ra- I'm totally for castration. I'm totally no. for it. I said it today at the dinner table. People were like, oof. I was like, hey, man. <laughs> Why not? Hey, man, cut their nuts off. Are they going to do it again? You're going to get other people? I don't think so. Imagine if we were hard on it. No. That's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stiff. <laughs> I'm sorry. Gosh. I'm right. stiff on this. <laughs> stiff on that penalty. Ooh. Um if, so bad. If you want to get in on that inside joke, you're going to have to watch through our other podcast. Was it the first one? First or second. The first or second yeah. one? Yeah, I'm sorry, man. That was so bad. <laughs> Anyways, but as far as rape goes and all these things, I love, I was watching Crowder's video, Stephen Crowder's video, and he was yeah. talking about rape culture and the way he described it was so good. He said, so you're telling me that there's a rape culture. So our culture excuses rape. Yeah. Well, no. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. well, that's what you're saying in essence, right? That somehow males think it's okay to rape. When the two consent, they already know where they're going most of mm-hmm. the time nowadays, right? Yeah. It's not even thought of. There's no sacredness or holiness to this thing. And look, I ain't saying, oh, so when my wife and I got married, we didn't kiss till we said I do, right? I'm not saying everybody should do that, right? I even look at back now, I'm like, so it's like my parents tell me not to go to movie theater. You know what I mean? Like, a little too strict. I mean, honestly, but it's like, if you think about it, we kept ourselves pure and holy. And when we consummated and we did our thing, I'm like, she's the one I've been with. And the only one yeah. I've been with. That's a pretty cool thing. Now people yeah. are like, oh yeah, it's pretty antiquated. You know what, dude? The Amish have it right on certain things. They're actually very happy people. And they are, right? We think they're weird, right? Yeah. Because they dress in what they do, and they're kind of off to themselves. But, dude. They're peaceful, content. When was the last time you saw a mass shooting? At an Amish property. At an Amish property. Right. Now, there's the one guy who wasn't Amish that was doing a shooting. Exactly. But the Amish don't do it. And you could try to call them cults or whatever you want, but you know what? You don't understand them. You don't understand what... what Because I've been to many Amish territory in, in Ohio and all that stuff, right? What happens when a barn burns down? They all get together. That's exactly right. That kind of education needs to be taught again. Yep. We love our neighbors ourselves, right? Dude, I've seen kids, five years old, no lie, man, five, six years old, because I asked him, I pulled him over, I'm like, man, how old are you, kid? He's driving a giant wagon with four horses on. Five years old, dude. He was... Yeah, right? My wife just said our five-year-old can't find a shoe. I was wet in the bed at five. 
I'm serious, right? I still drool on the pillow, y'all. <laughs> right? These kids are doing it on their own. This guy was, you know, the fertilizers they have, the yeah. the, the, the poop spitters, whatever yeah. they call them, the old school ones, they're running it themselves. Yeah, man. People over there, all right, yeah, that's child labor laws. Or we're just teaching our kids to be productive. Yeah. We're not teaching them. We're teaching them to be good and wise, not just learned. Yeah. Right? Yes. I got to continue this quote. It says this, also, and to a large extent, it has succeeded. It has, it has not taught us to seek virtue and to embrace wisdom. It has impressed upon us their, their derivation and their etymology. We readily inquired, does he know Greek or Latin? It's kind of what we're asking. Mm-hmm. But look, he's learned. Look at that paper. He knows Greek or Latin, right? Can he write poetry or pose? Listen to this. But what matters most is what we put last. Has he become better or wiser? Mm-hmm. So we worry about the paper, not the person. And increasingly, our schools are trying to do away with making our kids better. That's exactly we, right. We, we'll, we'll give lip service to the platitudes of be kind, be good, be, be nice. But I saw it firsthand. There was this refusal to make rules and punish appropriate, appropriately. And we talk about behavior in our schools. We talk about kids, how they're running amok. We talk about all of these problems. Boy, if we had some standards, maybe like 10 laws that we could really adhere what to. What are those called again, dude? I, I, think, I think they're God called the, the 12 rules. Something. The, I think Moses downloaded them from the iCloud. <laughs> <laughs> Right? He's the first one to ever use the cloud. Ha ha ha. First download, dog. Dad joke. Right? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> but true. But the, if we actually supported and taught the Ten Commandments and really said, look, you need to live moral, we'll get the information and the knowledge. That's there. right. Well, the Bible says, though, dude, in Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. You'll gain more knowledge. Also, dude, G.K. Chesterton, I believe he's a preacher, he said this, mm-hmm. if man will not submit to God's Ten Commandments, he'll eventually submit to man's 10,000, right? And I say this a lot when I'm speaking, dude, that like I'll go out and say, you guys think the commandments are oppressive? Have you ever read the IRS tax code? Have you right? ever seen the IRS tax code? Right. What is it, 135,000 pages, something like that? Something like that. It's no. crazy. But you know what? We pass a VA Accountability Act, but not a Government Accountability Act. But they want us, they want to keep us accountable by audits and make it sure you file your taxes because they have to audit us. We can't audit them. Isn't that awesome? I wonder where all that bailout money went, dude. <laughs> I wonder if they've ever done homework on that stuff. Oh, right? yeah. The, dude. But the average Nowhere. person won't Nowhere. ask it. You know why? You know what they're concerned about? Well, my school should be free. Because the government keeps just printing money. Yeah. And they're like, well, it's got to come from somewhere, so let's tax the people until they get in the workforce. Mm-hmm. And realize, man, you hit a certain tax bracket, bro, you're done. <laughs> Toast. You know, like, even now, it's like, we have the, I have the opportunity, a couple jobs on the side, I can make some good money. It's like, I don't want to. No. I kind of like staying in my little threshold. Right? Yeah. Just enough to survive, enough to put away, I'm done. Oh, by the way. I open up a, 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 what, a mutual funds account, right? And the money I make on it, I got to pay tax on that too, even though I already paid tax on the money that I put in on it. Yep. Yep. And then if my kids get it, they have to pay tax on the money that was already taxed to me. Yep. Right? This is what we're teaching our kids in education. You know what? Forget about government. 
get what you want. And a government will eventually eat you up. That's what we're teaching them. Wow, that's good. That's what we're teaching them. They don't care about what happens in government. I dare not all. I believe like the 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 Young Americans for America or Young Americans for Liberty, all these groups. I yeah. really do believe Turning Point. They're killing it. Let's go back to the good. They're killing it, man. They are, bro. I'll say something, man. Charlie Kirk. I like the dude. I like him a lot. Yeah, he's doing something. He's standing, man. man. I don't sometimes always like the method, but boy, dude, he's doing amazing. Yeah. Crowder is doing it. Shapiro. Amazing, Candace Killing Owens. It. They're doing Killing great it. stuff, right? And I like that because they're they're encouraging and they're 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 energizing a body. But for the most part, right, they're still rioting in colleges when a conservative viewpoint is brought. Not Republican, conservative, a real viewpoint mm-hmm. on what's going to challenge the education system, dude. I would rather go to college to be a welder than go to college to be what people are making them out to be. Because guess what? Our nation was built on textiles. We're built on good ethics, good work, blood, sweat, and tears. That's what we're built on. Guess where that came from? Genesis 1, mm-hmm. 2, and 3. When Adam, uh, uh, when he told Adam, with the sweat of your brow, you will labor and toil in the field, right? That's your job. That's what we do. See, that's a good thing. Work is a good thing. I sometimes hate working in a desk because it's like I get lethargic. You know what I mean? I hate that. Yeah. I believe we were meant to work. We were meant to move. We were meant to lift. We were meant to yeah. sweat. You know, think about this. Uh, sorry. Go, I'm done. Think about this. So God's God's command w- to Adam was to go out and subdue the earth. Yeah. Right. Yep. The curse part of it was how he was going to subdue the earth instead of subduing it in a in a, a smooth way. Yeah. Instead of subduing in, in an easy, smooth way and, you know, plopping the seeds and pouring some water and watching the plants grow. Now you're going to do it by the sweat of your brow. Mm. So now you're going to have to work hard in order to subdue the earth. To appreciate it. Yeah. To appreciate it. And, and we've talked about as men, deep inside us is this innate drive to subdue, to achieve, to quote unquote conquer. Now we just have to work hard in order to do it. Right. It's there. That's right. God's given it to us. That's right. And that's, I totally agree. Like, that's what I love about America is you look back. I've thought a lot about like, what is American culture outside of, you know, Hollywood and all of that? What is American culture? And there's actually a country song that I really need to find the title to that I thought was really good in, in describing what American culture is. Right. And what was it sung by? I don't know. I, I'm not very up on country. I just kind of listen to it on the radio. That's right. Because so. you're into hip hop. Yeah. Yeah. Tupac. <laughs> She's the yeah, core. Tupac Shakork. Yep. And Dr. Drew. <laughs> Snape Dog. <laughs> and uh, Little Big Smalls. Something. Right. That's, that's what it is. Something like that. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Good. I'm, I'm totally down with it. Instead of salt and pepper, it's pap- paprika and lemon sauce. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry, dude. That was so bad. Go ahead and continue. <laughs> I thought it was cinnamon and sugar. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but this country song was talking about American culture, and I really, I really liked the descriptions. Is that it a recent one? For, yeah, yeah. Um, it was talking about like lemonade stands and baseball games, and and dude, you it's know, dude with the beard. Oh, blonde hair. Got a real deep voice. Sounds like this. Yeah. Oh, man. So you know the song I'm talking I about. I do know what you're talking about, man. Yeah. 
And, and I was like, that is a really good description of American culture. And American culture is very much built around family. It's built around small community. It's built around working hard, yeah, dude, farming, the agriculture, the, the Lions Clubs, manufacturing, yeah. Lions Clubs. Yes, the VFW halls, the Lions Clubs, the, the, the church, yeah, the church, the, the bingo halls, the Boy Scouts of America, you know, yeah. all these things. It's like that is American culture. That yeah. is who we are, uniting people and, and enjoying people and teaching them good moral ethics and values. Right. I think that's where it all started. Like, that's what we turned it into. And then all of a sudden it's like, but wait a minute, Boy Scouts, we need to include the girls, you know, and, and Lions Clubs. Wait a minute here. You know, so again, there's there's so much that that education has brought down. Right. And, and, and again, there's some statistics. There's a lot of statistics out there about the decline. And most people think it's money. It's actually not money. No. It's not at all. It's just the standards, you know, like. What is that new Common Core type stuff? You know the way that they're making kids add. You see videos online. It's like what? <laughs> I thought two plus two was four, and not all this other mess. You know. Yeah. Also, too, uh, but there's there's statistics that where the SAT scores have been dummied three times since the seventies, mm-hmm. dummy down since the seventies three times. Yeah. Right. There's all these things that are happening, and what's like, dude? Do we even care about like how this looks right to the world? Right. Our kids, people come from other countries here, and they're already in algebra by the time they're in sixth, seventh grade. Yeah. Dude. Actually, before that, fifth grade. Yeah, yeah, way before. Dude, as a matter of fact, my, my best friend, he's on my the board of the ministry, came in fourth grade. Mr. Belsus class, I'll never forget it. Came in fourth grade. He was doing algebra oh. from Korea. Wow. Chilling. Algebra dude in fourth grade. I think I was trying to multiply by that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One, two. No, fifth grade. Fifth grade. Fifth grade he came. Wow. Yeah, it's... And, when you look at us compared to other countries in terms of our scores, middle of the pack on some categories, maybe above average on a few others, below average on other ones, like something's going wrong. Something is going wrong, dude. And you know what? I'm just going to say this to be, throw it out there. Keep people stupid. They're easy to control. Yep. Keep them stupid. Keep them fighting against each other. Keep them against each other. Keep them divided. Wasn't that Saul Alinsky's book? Yeah. Rules for Radicals? You can quote it. Yeah. The issue is never the issue. The issue is the revolution. So you make these small things big things when in reality that's not the issue. They just want to control you. And guess who always grows through riots, through through, through gun violence, through schools failing, through all these things that are failing? Guess who grows? Not the people. They get hurt. The government grows. The people get more taxed. Or they get their rights taken away. Why? You know, it's funny. Why not empower the people with all this gun violence stuff? Empower the people to say, guys, there's a lot of crooked people out there. Make sure you're armed. That's what your Second Amendment's for. All you good law-abiding citizen gun owners, do that. Yeah. Instead of like on 9-11 when that happened. Oh, you know, gun registration, TSA, all that stuff. Instead of like saying, Americans, arm yourselves. We're under attack. Yeah. What if, what if instead of putting this money into expanded programs for policing and new laws and all of that we put that money into training private citizens exactly training them really well malicious malicious instead of so that way the criminal doesn't go oh well it takes the police seven minutes to get here so i'm going to be good for seven minutes the criminal goes i don't know who's really well trained and who's not yeah standing around me and in truth dude the education system's taking over the morality of the lord Mm-hmm. The morality of the family, what what they should be teaching, right? 
I mean, it was in Washington State. There's a case, a couple of cases where 15 year olds didn't even have to tell their parents about an abortion that they had. Yeah. Right. All these things. Isn't that a decision, especially if you're under your parents' roof, you shouldn't be doing those things. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, why is it that it's taken over the place of the parent? Right. And let's be honest here. Let's be fair. Right. T- OK, if you're a teacher, God bless you. You are amazing. Right. And most parents today are like, what's wrong with my kid? Why aren't you teaching them right? Instead of back in the day, I remember I used to get whooped. <laughs> and if I act, I did. Yeah. I got whooped when I acted up, man. Seriously, I got a D once. Daddy told me, man, I ain't sending you to school to fail. I'm sending you there to learn. Buddy, homie. I don't know if it's a Latin thing, but, dude, they were, like, good at whooping. Right? It's like, that's all you were. It's just whooping. Yeah. It, oh, you yeah. don't want to eat? Want to whooping? <laughs> no, look at me. <laughs> I was afraid of a whooping. They trained you right. That's right. They I made sure you punishment, ate. so I eat a lot. You know what I mean? It's true. But like, so the education system's taken over, uh, basically the parents. You know what I mean? And, and I think you had a you had something you wanted to read um, on. Well, in in one thing I want to say before I read that, sure, um, because yeah, I, I do want to bring that into it. But you made me think about I did the yes, such the, a stud. More and more we're seeing the teacher as having to be the all-encompassing um, person in the kid's life. Yeah. And so all the pressure is put on the teacher. Right. And the parent's taking less and less responsibility right. a lot of times. So, well, my kid's failing because you're not teaching him right. No, you're not reading with your kid when your kid gets That's home. exactly. You're Dude, not doing the homework with the kid when Now schools have home. daycare centers after. Yeah. The parents all have to work. You know what I mean? Isn't that crazy? Who would have thought that? The school has become the daycare now. Which leads into this quote. And this so, is by John Dewey. So, Dewey. 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 <laughs> so, so, John Dewey um, was considered a pioneer for the school systems. Right. Um, really kind of considered a modern father of changing the school system and, and redefining what it was there for. And he wrote, he's the founder of the Dewey decimal system, founder of Dewey decimal system. Um, he wrote the school must be made into a social center capable of participating in the daily life of the community and make up in part to the child for the decay of dogmatic and fixed methods of social discipline and for the loss of reverence and the influence of authority. Now, couple of things I want to point out in that quote. First, he says that it must be made into a social center. Remember, we were talking about the church was the center of the community. That's right. He wants the school to be the social center. That's right. Then he talks about dogmatic and fixed methods. Think about what he's talking about right there. He's yeah. talking about our old standards of morals, Right. Yeah, basically, I'm just going to read yeah, what, what his it. whole mission was. It says he was what he wanted to do was take over the functions and to compensate for the losses sustained by the crumbling of the old institutions clustered around the farm economy. Listen to that. The family. That's an old institution. Yep. The church and small town. And you want to know where you got that part from? Marxist archive. Who wrote a whole column about how great Dewey was for the school system. Crazy, and he was a socialist, by the way. Yeah, Mr. Dewey, right? But if you think about it, you take away those four things—the the 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 homework or work itself, the family, the church, and the small town—we created big towns. Now, guess where a majority of these towns that are won in voting records, where <laughs> they won in the big towns? Yep. 
Socialism prevails in those towns, boy. But in the smaller towns, you see a lot of the, like Minnesota, where I used to be from, like it's usually Minneapolis, St. Paul. It's a little bit of St. Cloud. That's kind of blue because of the bigger ones, the bigger areas. All red all the way around. All red. Michigan's the same way. Detroit, Flint, Saginaw, very blue. Almost the rest of it red. Red. Yeah. I mean, so much so that on the opposite side of Michigan, I think it was Mitt Romney when he was running at Holland, Michigan, they raised like $4.5 million in a night. So they're very conservative, rich in that area, right? So it's like you see the education system. And again, this is what uh, the education system has been under attack for the, the for, since time. It seems like Hitler attacked the, the, the education system, right? Uh, most socialistic countries attack the education system because yeah. you can get them young, you can raise them right, yeah. the way they the way they, they want to be raised, right? And then you teach parenting's left up to the state, not you. So if you have kids, they're actually ours now. Mm-hmm. Isn't that sound familiar? It's happening here, right? Mm-hmm. Now in Canada, we just mentioned it before, Canada's education system, right? It's like if you homeschool, you can't talk about sin, like homosexuality, right? Or you could be jailed for it. Yep. California is trying to go the same route. Yep. Now they're teaching about gay marriage and all these things in kindergarten. Yeah. Normalizing this. Gender stuff. Exactly. In, in kindergarten. So, so, I mean, is there problems? Yes, but I think we can overcome that. And yeah. we have to overcome that now. Because, I, I, again, I believe we're teaching the young now, but if we don't infuse them with knowledge, it's just going to continue. And then most kids that are Christians will be confused. I think there's a statistic. It's, uh, 75% of students that go to their first year in college lose their faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. But in homeschool... Families, did you know this? 50% of kids that go to really? college lose their faith in the Lord. Huh. Isn't that crazy? It's a 25% we have a job to do. drop. We have a job to do. Yeah. But it's 50%. Yeah. That's a lot of kids. Yeah. I mean, I, I see both the good and the bad in it. You're right. 50% of kids. But we also have a 25% drop. True Which that. means, hey, see, there is glass a Glass half full. Look right? at that. Like this guy. Yeah. He reads hey. minds. <laughs> I like this guy. He reads minds. Well, I mean, I, again, we wanted to point out the good. We do know that there's things changing and, and all that stuff. But, you know, we, I think I say this after every show, you know, because we're going to continue and move on. But, you know, this was a good hour and 26 minutes, you know what I mean, Boom. that we got to talk yeah. about all, a lot of these issues. And what I want to say is that, again, if you've been impacted at all by the message or this ministry, please go on to Patreon. We have our full to- full-on videos on Patreon, if you go to patreon.com slash self-evident ministries, self-evident ministries, or if you go on to the self-evident truth.com, the second banner that comes up that moves, it's motion one, um, will click you and lead you right to the Patreon. Subscribe, guys. I mean, it helps us gain support and followers. Yeah. It gains, uh, for us, a paycheck. Yay! Because we all need that, right? I, I got to feed my children. Love to get paid for doing this. Right? Wouldn't it? But you know what? Even if we don't, we'll still bring the content. Absolutely. We're going to keep doing it, right? Also, uh, we're also on Apple iTunes. Go on there and subscribe, guys. Yes. Leave us a five-star rating because the more higher ratings we get, the better the search engine uh, works yep. for us, right? Um, we're also on SoundCloud, SoundCloud, which is that's gaining some track. That's yeah, odd. We're getting plays on that, which crazy. completely did not expect that. Right? I expected zeros across the board and just feed into iTunes, but we're getting Crazy, that. yeah. So Self-Evident Ministry um, is on iClouds for the, for the podcast. Also, too, on YouTube, you'll see the links. We put them on Facebook. Mm-hmm. We started putting highlights now. Um, guys, we can't do this without you, but we do want to tell you this. We're bringing answers. We're not just bringing the problems. We're bringing the answers by the grace of God. 
And again, if you've been impacted, please support us. TheSelfEvidentTruth.com. Give us a like on Facebook, on Instagram. We have an Instagram page, Self Evident Ministry. Um, and again, this is Mike and Massey signing off. God bless you guys and have an awesome, awesome, awesome rest of the week. Love you guys.